0: Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it. Now, here is your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor.
1: Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Come Together San Diego. You know, many believers that listen to this show when you open your word, the Word of God, you obviously have learned and are learning how to take Israel with you, how to take the truths of the Holy Land with you as you meditate on Scripture and the things that happened back in the day. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, today is that day also, and I'm going to help you and inspire you to take Israel with you when you look into Scripture and when you pray to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob on this very show today. I'm going to have a special co-host with me on for this entire two-hour period of time. His name is Jim Barfield. He is the director of the Copper Scroll Project. And speaking of having Israel go along with you, the excavations and the discoveries that have been and are being found in that area just north of the Dead Sea, called the Qumran area, where the caves are, uh, will blow your mind. And and Jim Barfield is a man whom I've known for a number of years, who uh, God has given revelation about a a scroll that was found in one of the caves. It was called the Copper Scroll. And it gives an an assessment of the things that are in the ground there and uh, a real sign of the times back in the days uh, when the first temple and the second temple and Tabernacle of Moses were involved in early Jewish history, and uh, it'll blow your mind because when you discover the things that he has discovered, uh, it'll enhearten it you to reading you the word, but also it will give you an understanding that we are in vital times like Israel has been in vital times and will be in vital times in the future. So I want to introduce to you Jim Barfield, and then I have a prayer warrior you're going to be coming on in just a moment. Jim Barfield, hello, my friend.
2: Hello, Kaz. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh,
1: absolutely. And let me give you a little forewarning, my listening friend. You know, um, areas of uh, Oklahoma and Texas have been hit, tumulted, actually, by tornadoes, or a tornado. And it's been devastating. And uh, Jim and his wife uh, live in Comanche County, which was one of the focal points where that tornado hit. So we have... God's grace to allow Jim to visit with me while he's got major damages he has to deal with in uh, uh, his property, Oklahoma, and so many other people have been thwarted, their lifestyles interrupted significantly. So, Jim, we're praying for you on that. Jim, one of the things I'd like to do as we begin this show, Come Together San Diego has prayer warriors that pray over the show live And sometimes, of late, I've been bringing the prayer warriors on to pray on behalf of us to begin the show. So I think I would like to do that. Arnie Jackson, or or Arnold Jackson, is one of the most remarkable men. He's a man uh, of military experience. He's a man of deep prayer experience. He's a man who is a deep student of Scripture. And so I thought it was appropriate for him to come on. He's known his own challenges and, and heartfelt things going on in his own life as well. But Arnie, how are you doing?
3: Uh, you know, good in the Lord. As long as I stay in the Lord, things uh, He sustains me. So thank you for asking. And um, um,
1: yes, well, I I, 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 I thought we, I I'd sure. invite you to give us a few a couple minutes worth of prayer over Jim and I, not only for the show itself, but you know the the, the difficult challenges that are going on in this nation. Some of them are, I would say, weather warfare. <laughs> in some manners. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I want you to pray over what's the things that are going on there and that this actually strengthens God's kids who are in the path of this tornado or the path of uh, evil things perpetrated by the enemy. And uh, yeah. and I'm going to lay yeah. it on you and just give us a couple minutes and then Jim Barfield and I will talk about things that are going on in the natural and spiritual Israel and America. Go ahead, yes, Arnie
3: Jackson. Okay. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, first of all, for this day, for uh, 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 K-Praise, for uh, Kath Taylor and the program Come Together San Diego, and for Jim Barfield and his team, um, and uh, we pray for the people in Oklahoma, especially, too, uh, dear Holy Spirit, you know who needs the immediate help to strengthen, and um, in, in dark times, uh, God's children shine Brighter, and we just thank you for that. And um, so I <clears throat> also pray on the, uh, uh, for Jim, and uh, I got uh, <laughs> Luke, twelve uh, two. Uh, the time is coming that everything that is covered up will be revealed, and all that is secret will be made known to all. So, Holy Spirit, you're on God's timetable and you're revealing these things to us as He says you lead us into all the truth. And we thank you for it. We thank you for your help because we do need you, dear Holy Spirit. And uh, we just pray for uh, uh, this program that uh, the hearts and mind, uh, uh, understanding of the people uh, uh, will be reached and uh, they will come together. As we all come together as one, as Christians, to support each other in prayer, in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Thank you, Arnie. uh,
3: uh, Yes, Jim. um, Uh, I was going to say that we're we're, we're, uh, like Mordecai uh, in the Book of Esther, that we are at the right place at the right time for such a time as this.
1: (laughs) Very good, Arnie Jackson. Thank you, Arnie Jackson, for your vigilant and consistent prayer on behalf of things that are going on in this earth, and Come Together San Diego as well. God bless you, Arnie. God bless you. Yes. Jim, there you go. Yeah. It's always nice. You know, Ever since we've been doing the show, we're in the fifth year now of doing this show of Come Together San Diego, and we have always had prayer warriors praying on behalf of this show during the broadcast, b- before and after. And as I'll tell you what, God has really circumvented a lot of enemy attacks as a result of vigilant prayer and prayer warriors on this show and I'm so thankful for that. So I will tell you Jim uh things are going on in this earth and you know I I don't know whether I was teasing or serious when I used the phrase a minute ago weather warfare because a lot of the, this uh, weather is being contrived by the enemy these days as well and you know you're one of those guys who's dug into a lot of different things because of you know your background as a, a criminal investigator, a fire inspection uh, leader, and uh, military man, you are familiar with the ploys of enemies. <laughs> so uh, we've got about uh, two or three minutes in this segment. I want you to give me some of your insights about where, what you're feeling right now. And it could have everything to do with the tornado things that are going on uh, in Texas and Oklahoma, or it have could have to do with— uh, Israel or whatever. And then we're going to burgeon out and uh, deal with things that are happening in the Middle East and uh, subsequently in America as well. Jim Barfield.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, uh, this past week is very, very difficult for my wife and I. We didn't get hit by the tornado. We got the high winds, but we got massive, you know, baseball size hail that just it destroyed uh two of our cars and just did incredible damage to our home uh it on the on the west side of my home my my siding looks like uh you know a 50 caliber machine gun strafed oh for about t- 10 minutes oh my uh, and that's not exaggerating it, it really looks terrible but uh now the, the prayers would be that, that that our insurance companies are fair with us <laughs>
0: and
2: and do a good uh, good good job and, and a fair job for us and i'd be i'd be satisfied but is it a spiritual attack i there are things going on that um i i can't talk about there's uh good things uh but uh, yeah and in any time and if i if i'm truly a have found the locations of these treasures in in Israel. Uh, it's way more than treasures. The treasures are truly the 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 books, the scrolls that we're going to find uh, in in a, a particular cave and in at, at the entrance of Qumran. Those those that knowledge is coming forward, and it's a knowledge that uh, that is going to have a major impact on. Christianity and and our Jewish brothers. Yes, Israel had just like the United States, it had a three uh, a three column, if you want to call it that, a government uh, three systems of government. It's the executive, uh, the legislative, and the judicial branches. Well, we we know who the uh, executive branch was. That's the king. Then the the legislative would be. The Sanhedrin slash the um, the the Levitical priesthood, the high priest in that within that realm. But then, who was the judicial? That's what we've lost in history: is who acted and did that role. But really, we didn't lose it; we just didn't know it.
1: And what you're talking right. about here is Moses, uh, Tabernacle of Moses days, and 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 the temple the temple days. There was a king; it was king was the executive officer, and then the legislative and the judicial. You're not talking about uh, the government today in Israel.
2: No, no. Yes, ancient. I'm sorry, I should have said that. Ancient Israel. Yes. Uh, but we study it. as as uh, For the Jewish people and the Christians, we study it, uh, but we're not recognizing the judicial branch. Uh, actually uh, le- legitimately recognize it as the judicial branch, and that would be the prophets, the prophets yes. of Israel. That's where the Dead Sea Scrolls come in, and they begin to lay it out. They begin to lay out information uh, that is just really profound. And there are other books that we haven't been using as Christians and Jewish people, haven't been using to learn this knowledge, or, or the majority of the people haven't. Don't, let me back that up a little yes. bit. Uh, we, there's a lot of people that are beginning to study the more apocryphal books, and I, I tell them, I think it's fantastic that they study these things, and I agree with it, but you always have to balance whatever you're studying against the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, and, and the, of course the New Testament. Sure. Uh, you've, got, you've got to balance those two, and you've got to compare it and say, okay, this story, this information does not match up with the uh, first five books of the Bible and the, what the prophets were teaching. Oh my! As well as what you learn in the New Testament.
1: That's right. You know, it's time for us to take a break. Jim Barfield of the Copper Scroll Project. And you're going to spend some time with me. We're going to decipher and uncover. You know, the, about the three different branches of biblical government: the executive, yes. the legislative, and the judicial. Meaning the prophets. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about that and some of the things that the prophets have foretold that we don't even know they've foretold it. So how can we be prepared for it? We're going to find out Mm -hmm. more about these things, Jim, and uh, so much more when we further excavate God's truths using the Copper Scroll Project and the Qumran Caves as our source. When Jim Barfield and Kaz come right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise.
1: Welcome back to Come Together San Diego, my listening friend. If you are a person that loves Scripture, if you are a person that loves the Lord of Scripture, this show is for you. Jim Barfield, he's, I, w- I would call him the director of the uh, Carper Scroll Project. And I'm going to hand the baton to him in just a moment. But you need to know about Jim. He is a retired criminal investigator, uh, m- many career positions, very intimately involved in the fire department uh, environment, also a military guy, um, and a vigilant student of scripture in one of the Qumran caves was discovered a thing called the Copper Scroll. And uh, he's currently in charge as director of the uh, Copper Scroll project. But the Copper Scroll, as people couldn't decipher what it was, and all of a sudden, and I won't go into the story about how Jim got involved in interpreting or not interpreting, but actually comprehending what the content of that Copper Scroll uh, said, he used many of his investigative skills to discover things. When you put the investigative skills in tandem with his deep study of Scripture, he was able to get some revelation on things. And uh, Jim, we are so honored to have you here. And uh, in in the last segment, you set the stage for us, and we're going to have you pay it off. You identified the three branches of biblical government with the king in in the days of uh, uh, King David and the days of Moses. You had the executive branch was basically the king or the leader. Moses was the leader, and, and King David was the king at, at the early phases of this. And then the legislative branch, basically those were the council tied to the leader. And then the third component would be the judicial. And you the analogous represent, representation you gave there was that is kind of like the prophets, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S. And uh, I appreciate you doing that. And as you were identifying that from an an Israel standpoint and a a godly scriptural standpoint, I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute. You also defined the United States of America and the Constitution of America. (laughs) So I have a suspicion some of the things you're going to share with us about the validity and some of the unknown things about uh, prophets and prophecies are going to tie in with what's going on in America as well. Jim Barfield, I'm going to hand the baton to you. Lay it on us, man.
2: You, you, you got, uh, you got us right on track, uh, Kaz, and I appreciate that. And one of the things that it says in scriptures and it repeats it several times is uh, during a time of lawlessness. Yes. We have as, as Christians and and uh, even uh, my Jewish brothers, uh, if you don't if you don't trust in and, and keep uh the laws of, of of the land, you're going to pay a price for it. And our government is is shifting away from the Constitution. They want to completely eliminate the Constitution. So a certain segment of our government wants to do that. And even uh even the ones that are uh now both both of the houses, uh the Democrats and Republicans, there is deep Deep corruption and deep lawlessness that is taking place. You know, people that we thought were uh, strong, lawful people that wanted to maintain that control and really not control because if you stay within the boundaries of the law, you're controlling yourself and then the government doesn't have to step in. Well, now the government wants to step in. They want to take control of your lives, they want to take your freedoms away from you. Uh, and, and I'm a gun guy, and I, I don't care what people think. I, I like to have a gun for protection. I would never, I don't, you know, would never want to hurt anyone. I was a military guy for ten and uh, ten and a half, almost eleven years, and I was trained quite a bit on how to use weapons and that sort of thing. But I'm not a hunter. I don't want to go out and shoot things unless I absolutely need to. Uh, but it's that lawlessness that we've we've gotten within the government and within within our churches, yes, lawlessness is being thrown out and, you know if you believe in God, if you believe in the scriptures, and I believe it from cover to cover, not just uh from starting at the first page of the New Testament to the old uh to the book of revelation, I believe the entire book. And I believe it's relevant to everybody and every thing is if we don't maintain those policies that God has put in place, we are paying the price right now. Yes. And it's, it's going to get worse uh, until it does get better. It's going to get worse. And we need to keep an eye on that. But think about it now from a biblical perspective. Yes. What happened? Every time Jeremiah told the people, let's use Jeremiah time frame during the Babylonian captivity, he kept telling them, guys, you you gotta pull your heads up and, and think what well, what you're doing here, your lawlessness is gonna get every one of us in deep trouble. And he would he cried out to them. And and remember he's called the weeping prophet. Yes. He would weep at nights over his people, knowing that what was coming because he prophesied the 70 years of captivity, and it happened exactly as he said it was going to happen. And even as they were leaving Israel, they were leaving Judea, they were leaving the temple. It had been destroyed by the Babylonians. Now they're going off to, off to Babylon, which they had to pass by Qumran, which, I, which is where the prophets were stationed and housed at. He told them, one last time, he said, guys, when you get into the land, he said, don't fight it. Just get, get comfortable because you're going to be there for the full 70 years. But you better not forget the law. You better not forget the covenant. You forget the covenant, you're you you have you're lost. And that, a lot of them did forget a lot of things. That's, and you know what? That's why we have the uh, calendar with the Tammuz and, you know, uh, Why would they name their months after, uh, you know, foreign gods?
1: Yes, that's right. And by the way, my listening friend, this program is being broadcast on on a Saturday, and the following Sunday is the evening of the beginning of this month of Tammuz. It's the third month in the biblical calendar. We're entering—you know, God is so amazing. He gives us calendar truths that apply to the times that we're talking about. And here, Jim Barfield just talked about this— a month that we're entering into without actually drawing that particular connection for you as a listener. But be aware we are in a very vital month right now, entering into one where the enemy deceptions are rampant. They were rampant during the times of Jeremiah and Jeremiah gave severe warnings against the things uh, that were going to be coming to pass because of their disobedience. I'm going to hand it back. We've got about a minute and a half in this segment. So I'm going to have you set us up for the next segment, uh, Jim Barfield. But how amazing the things that happened way back then. We're talking, you know, in the days of Moses, in the days of of, of the, the kings of Israel, um, and in the days of the United States of America and other nations too, I'm sure. But you need to be aware of the planning that God gave for us to circumvent these challenges and stand strong. And we've been ignoring it as the children of Israel have been ignoring it. And about one minute to set us up for the next segment, Jim Barfield, and then we will take a commercial break, Jim.
3: Yeah. The,
2: and and what, I, what excites me is the possibility uh, of, of getting Let's, let's say that I am correct about a specific cave that uh, I believe we found near Qumran if in fact there are what i hope th- that is in there uh, I, I believe me i would be excited if there were some major biblical artifacts in there that sort of thing i'd be i'd be excited very much so but what excites me even more is the possibility of of more knowledge coming out of that uh, out of that cave that that would put everybody back on track again because we have piecemeal information. That's right. We don't. We don't have a good, solid uh, set of uh, books. I mean, I, of course, even the Book of Jeremiah. Guys, look at it. It's shuffled. It's 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 not in chronological order, and it needs to be in chronological order. Well, we would have complete books because I know those men stored away those things, so the secrets that are, could come out of Qumran here. It, in a short time are going to be huge.
1: Yes. Can we talk about that in the next segment, Jim Barfield? Sure. Okay. My listening friend, here's the deal. We're going to take a commercial break, but beware that God has given us his truths. And many of these things have been buried in caves. uh, And uh, God is saying it's time to be, have uh, excavate these caves. It's time for you to excavate your faith in the Lord. It's also time for you to excavate your understanding of scripture because there's great things in store when you realize the plan of God that's found there. Jim Barfield of the Copper Scroll Project and Kaz will be right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on KPraise with Kaz Taylor.
1: Welcome back, my friends. Come Together San Diego with my co-host, the director of the Copper Scroll Project, Jim Barfield. And uh, he's a retired, well, he's a military guy. So I guess in some ways, military guys never fully retire. They always carry their stuff with them, don't they, Jim? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Most, absolutely. Yep, and also uh, one criminal one investigators
1: one. don't retire either. You keep that investigative mindset. Love that as well. And also Bible students such as yourself don't retire. You just keep properly ap- applying and reapplying Scripture, and all of a sudden revelation happens. It happens with criminal investigation. It happens with us as we dig through the Scripture as well. Jim, you've been captivating. You, you and I have been friends for a number of years now, and I appreciate that. One of the things I appreciate about you is God's given you a multifaceted mind to be able to discern truth versus fiction <laughs> in the natural and spiritual as well. And when you started talking about digging into the various caves surrounding the Qumran area and uh, you know the different scrolls that are very likely still in many of the caves that have not been discovered yet, Jim, that that blows my mind. And one of the things I was thinking about as we comp- relate this to the church and we uh, ecclesia, ecclesia, the called out ones in the, in Christ, a lot of times what we do is we we have scriptural references, but sometimes we're not sure whether to apply that literally or symbolically because we're just really not sure about the original intent of that. And I bet you a lot of times because we're trying to symbolize the things that may have literal interpretation, we miss the mark on really comprehending the character and directives of God. So I'm going to hand the baton to you, uh, Jim Barfield, because I am just absolutely so amazed the things that are going on as if we don't understand the prophetical intent behind the word, but also... We in America don't understand, and I'm not. It's not a direct uh, comparison, but symbolically speaking, we in America don't understand the depth not only of Scripture but also the our own Constitution, and we misapply things symbolically that are literal directives. Jim Barfield,
2: and they are directives, and, and you just look at Scripture. And again, uh, to 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 back up just a little bit, if you don't recognize this this. Act of lawlessness, you we are we are in deep trouble because of it. Uh, they we're, we're our our walk with God and our our relationships within this country, and Israel's in the same trouble. They're in they're in deep trouble because they are getting away from God's laws and and, and statutes. They're just getting away from it, and you you can't do that. I mean, it's it's like saying well. Uh, we don't do the Ten Commandments because you know they're they're old, they're antiquated, they're no longer important. Well, guys, there's a big problem with that because yes. murder, uh, all kinds of of evil yep. habits, can false take witness, all know.
1: these different things. Yes, it's
2: all there, and people don't they don't they don't accept that, and we're, we're gonna we're gonna pay the price for it. And what I would like to like to do is give some ideas and and some information about the secrets that are going on that are available through the Dead Sea Scrolls, and hopefully, someday soon, we'll be opening that cave and find some really vast secrets, good, wonderful secrets that have been kept away from us for over 2,400 years.
1: Yes, and a lot of times, I mean, we get nuances of those secrets by reading the Scripture, but a lot of times, you know, we go, what... What translation should I believe? There's, you know, there's a translation that I feel most comfortable about. But is it my comfort really what's important, or the truth of Scripture? When we get into some of the original writings, as we excavate these different caves and find these different uh, transcripts, it will be the original word instead of the translations of the word that many people, and, you know, we we understand how rev, we revere Scripture, but uh, different people interpret things a different way, and, you know, when you get to the Greek or uh, even parts of the Hebrew, you can go, okay, I, I, this is the word that I prefer, and we may be missing the important nuances of things as we are in uh, in the nation as well, and the... And, not only the Ten Commandments, but also, I mean, the Constitution. I'm going to hand it back to you. I've been blabbing too much, Jim Barfield.
2: <laughs> no, not a problem at all. And one of the things I'd, I'd like for your listening audience to understand, when, I, when I'm talking to them about the Dead Sea Scrolls, it sounds like something spooky, something, you know, from the Dead Sea. That It, it sounds terrible. Well, it's not. And uh, What I'm talking about, whenever I say the Dead Sea Scrolls, I'm talking about the library. The reference books of the prophets at Qumran. Those all those Dead Sea Scrolls are reference books. There are community rules, how the community at Qumran was established, and all over Israel, because Qumran was not the only location where the the men of the Dead Sea Scrolls were located. Uh, and let me give you their, their one of their titles. One of them is uh, the Builders, the Banaim. And in, in the in the scripture, you see that uh, Yeshua is standing in the synagogue, and they say they the the guys at the synagogue are angry at him because he is he's on the Day of Atonement, and he is proclaiming the Year of Jubilee, and he is proclaiming the coming of the Messiah. That's why they were so angry at him, and they looked at each other and they said, "Isn't that uh, Yeshua? There were Jesus, however you want to call it. Isn't that Yeshua that is the uh, son of?" the builder. Only they we translated it, the carpenter. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's not the translation, guys. It's the builders, the Banaim. The Banaim were the ones that laid the cornerstones for all the temples. And guess who the Banaim were? The guys at Qumran. They had a very specific role, and that is their library and their reference book that they used all the time. So whenever you read the Dead Sea Scrolls, you're reading... They're reference manuals, they're in for the prophets, and they their their calculations you can see it in the in the, in the scripture math if you're a math guy, I encourage you to to take the scriptures, which are uh, if I'm correct about this, that the scriptures all are all from the guys at Qumran, especially the prophets. It's all from Qumran. All the prophecies, all of that comes from Qumran. It comes from the guys that were uh, part of the Men of the Way. That's another name for them. They've got probably about six or eight different names that they use consistently. And the builders is one of them. And the ties with what Yeshua was saying uh, is, is so profoundly linked to Qumran, it's, it's ridiculous. And that's what we're hoping to find, and, and one of the things I'd like to share with you real quick, or let me give you a simple math, mathematical, because math is really good for establishing <laughs> accuracy.
1: Yeah, and we've got about a minute and a half here, and then we can continue it on the other side of the break.
2: Yeah, not a problem. Uh, let me let me just kind of lead into this. There is a prophecy of 430 years. It's it it's, it was put together by Ezekiel. He laid on one side 390 days and on the other side for 40 days, which told us up to 430 years. Well, this started off from the entering when Israel entered into Egypt. Their time span in Egypt was exactly 430 years. Well, that was long before Ezekiel. But those numbers are repetitive. And prophecies and scriptures, they're repetitive uh, quite a bit so and and another another one to that and I'll I'll stop so we can get ready for the commercial break you is 430 years from the laying of the temp, first temple cornerstone to Jeremiah when he began as a in, he began at uh, 12 years old it was 390 years plus 40 years and you come to the destruction of the temp, first temple so from the building of the beginning of the building to the destruction of the first temple 430 years.
1: Oh, my. My listening friend, I was afraid Jim Barfield would get into mathematics, and that's one of my least favorite topics. But <laughs> fortunately, I've got Jim Barfield to help me understand these things. We have to take a commercial break. By the way, if you want to find out more about Jim Barfield, uh, Copper Scroll... Uh, project.com is a way to find out more about Jim Copper Scroll project.com for Jim Barfield and the Copper Scroll Project and of course with me come together San Diego at kprz.com we're going to find out more about these things <clears throat> and how the number 430 plays a big role and how it's going to help you understand the meaning and the depth of scripture when Jim Barfield and I come right back
0: more Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise Here's Cass Taylor.
1: Well, thank you very much. And yes, Come Together San Diego is on the air. My co-host for this entire two-hour period of time from 5 to 7 p.m., Jim Barfield of the Copper Squirrel Project. And because of his interest in the Qumran caves and some of the discoveries that he has discovered as he unwound the Copper Scroll and actually was able to decipher many of the words, he has a real good, solid comprehension of some of the things that are buried there in the caves and beyond. And this is captivating. Jim, thank you for spending some time with me. I'm going to hand the baton to you in just a moment. But your whole idea about, you made mention about the, the different... Uh, uh, reference books that are buried in the caves as well. You know, I may be among many other believers, Jim, and I've got, well, you know, the reading of the Scripture, the prophecies and things like that, God just whispered in, in these people's ears and then, then they wrote down what God said. I had no idea, no idea that they actually had Reference books that were godly reference books. I just thought when I re- read a prophecy, I'm going. Uh, everything that they received was from a, a whispered uh, nuance from 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 God, and sometimes it's that, and sometimes it's other uh, b- books and studies that other people have that w- are treated not as uh, what, what's the c- word canonical uh, materials, but these leaders of leaders in Israel and the prophets they had libraries of books as well why don't you explain that because you're blowing my mind and then talk a little bit about the number 430 as it relates to years and so forth jim barfield man oh man head scratcher
2: yeah let me let me give you the perfect example of what you just laid out is let's let's look at daniel and daniel it's he's he begins talking about it and in the very first chapter, and he says, and he starts beginning to give prophecies, numbered, dated prophecies, and you know who he's referencing that in, in that very first portion of it. He said, "I was reading the books of Jeremiah." I'm paraphrasing, but the book of Jeremiah, and that's where he was coming up with this information. Well, everybody like the prophecy 483 years from, you know, from uh. Everybody puts the time start on King Xerxes or Cyrus, King Cyrus, and run it forward in time, and it comes to the crucifixion of Yeshua. That's not true. It's off by a considerable amount, uh, like 20, 40, 50 years, something like that, just depending on which one of the books you use. But if you use Jeremiah and only scriptural dating references – only scriptural dating references, not what the PhDs are putting out there. No, <laughs> no disrespect to them, but I'm telling you that the numbering is no, completely off. If you use scripture only, you go from the the, the date that you, uh, Jeremiah was—he became a prophet—and it's it's in um, the very first, very beginning of Jeremiah use the date that's provided there, and you run forward in times, 483 years, you come to exactly the year of Jubilee, the year that Yeshua was crucified. You say
1: 483, or did you say 430?
2: 83. Okay. I'm sorry, 483. I may have said 33. No, you didn't. You didn't. Okay, 483 years, and it's exact. That's what I'm telling you, and the, the information that I've taken from the Dead Sea Scrolls, it's incredible. It's uh, even even the uh, birth of John the Baptist. It talks about uh, his father being from the course of Abia. I took the priestly courses. There's six different uh, cycles of priestly courses, and I ran them all the way from uh, Jeremiah's time frame all the way through to the destruction of Herod's temple. And oh my goodness. There was one particular reference, and again, I'm going back to what you were saying about the reference book. There's one particular reference where it says that um, when the, the first temple was destroyed, Solomon's Temple, when it was destroyed, there was a particular family that was on duty as one of the priestly courses. And if you don't know about that, go to First Chronicles 24-7 and start reading there. You'll, you'll learn about it. That priestly course was uh, Yedidaya, I believe that's the one it was. Yedediah. and they were on duty, and they priestly. There were two priestly courses. One were the singers, the musicians. One was the one that was doing all the service, the, you know, doing all the work. Well, the the singers were singing the song, uh, and and the phrase was, "And the destruction came upon them." And as they were saying those words, the Babylonians came through the gates, and in they entered the temple. And that's when the temple was destroyed. Well, you roll that forward exactly 483 years to the destruction of the Her- uh, Herod's,
1: Herod's temple. temple. Yes.
2: Well, guess what? 483 years later, it was the same priestly course singing the same song about destruction shall come upon them because of their, uh, and, and I'm paraphrasing, because of their inequities, their sins, their lawlessness. So that number, 483, applied to the birth of Yeshua, and it applies to the destructions of the temple. And Yeshua said, destroy this temple. I will raise it up again in three days. And he was referring to himself, and still that 483 years comes out loud and clear. Oh my. So, yes, they are references. There's lots of references that they used in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And they had a uh, pretty vast library, and um, are you familiar with what the guineza is help me guineza is a a place where they store old unserviceable uh scriptural references anything that has the the name of god yod he written in that in that manuscript well they would they would certainly keep it and any other documents as well they would keep it locked away when it became unserviceable to protect it because the name of god is holy. It's a holy name, and they wanted to protect it from any kind of misuse. Like, like whenever the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, the uh, the Bedouin wanted to take those scrolls and cut them into pieces and use them for for sandals for shoes. Oh my. Can you imagine? Yes. Yeah. Well, they didn't know. I mean, no <laughs> knock against them; they were trying to survive. But thank goodness, you know, they were they were taken and utilized properly or stored away properly but they were still under lock and key until 1991 from 1947 to 1991 they were being held captive so what's going on there you're talking about the spiritual activities going on yes why would they not release that information to the world is because there's conflicting the things that the guys at Qumran were writing about are conflicting with the things that are happening today in Christianity and some of the things that are happening in in, in Judaism. It conflicts. And if if they are the Supreme Court of the land of Israel, the prophets at that time, they were putting out the laws as accurately as you can because the Supreme Court does what? They are the final step And the interpretation of a law, and what they say goes. Well, it's not going like they had planned. We have gotten so far away from that, from the references that we've been talking about. And and now it's going to be an important thing whenever these scrolls come out of the ground that we have those precious references to go back to and say, okay. This is what was meant by
1: that. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly, and we can say, you know, if you're a Satanist, yeah, you don't don't pay any attention to this. Yeah, you're not going to anyway. No disrespect to them, but that's just the way it is. And if you're in a in a sect that is not that says or proclaims that they're following the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, well, you need to make reference to these and look at them. And that day's coming.
1: It is coming, boy, oh boy. And and the parallel, Jim, that you're. Uh communicating with about things that have gone on in Israel and their law and their uh, prophecies and things like that and how they had distinct reference books that uh, supported every prophetic word. And here we are in America, and again, I'm doing an analogy against the Constitution, but also the written word in America as well. We tend to take things uh, the way that we want to interpret them without any much interest at all in what the the Scripture really says or our Constitution really says. That's where we are in America as well. My listen friend Jim Barfield and I are going to talk more about these things. I think we're really in a rich conversation here. The, the things that the Bible talks about uh, in Ecclesiastes, that which was, is, and that which is, is to come because there's nothing new under the sun. So the whole uh, uh, things that are happening The discoveries that are in progress of being discovered in the Qumran caves and some of the uh, books and references that are hidden there will bring truth to the volume of Scripture that we hadn't even considered. And I believe things are going on in the United States of America that are going to require us not only to dig dig, deeply into Scripture and get what the truth of the Word is there— But also, if I may do an analogy here, as far as our Constitution in the United States of America, that has been misapplied by people who have conveniently said, no, it means what I want it to mean. So all these things, there's a reckoning day, and when God uncovers and discovers these truths, then we'll have no place to go but stand face-to-face with the truth. Jim Barfield and I are talking more about that when we uh, deal with this in the future segments. Do not go away because there's more good stuff on the way. We'll be right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on praise More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. I'll tell Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on praise.
1: Hey, my friends, think about this. If somebody wants to keep the truth from you, they just kind of keep the original of the truth away from you, and they translate it and they use the translation of the truth to prove their misguided directions. And I think we see we see that happening in different governments right now in the United States of America, but it was happening uh, in Israel as well when you hide when when you don't tell the truth about a particular. Uh, rule or practice that's recorded in scripture or in the books that support the scripture, then you can define it any way that you want, and who's going to st- stand against you because there's no proof that, ha ha ha. Jim Barfield of the Copper Scroll Project has discovered where the truth is buried, and we're talking literally buried uh, in the Qumran Caves. And and when you decide, realize the truth based on the words of the prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, and so forth, when you actually find the substantiation for those truths, you go, ha-ha, no, 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 Mr. Expositor. That's not really what it means. Here's what it means. And all of a sudden, you have to stand uh, in the face of God's truths and deal with it accordingly. Jim Barfield, Carpet Scroll Project. By the way, find out more about Jim Gar- Bar- Barfield. Go to Project.com. or find out about uh, Come Together San Diego. Go to Come Together San Diego at KPRZ.com. Jim Barfield, handing the baton to you. W- you've opened. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like opening a cave at Qumran. The truths are right there, and uh, 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 you're making me see them in a way I've never seen them before. I'm handing the baton to you, Jim Barfield.
2: Well, thank you, sir. And that—that that is the way it is, Kaz. If people can twist the stories and distort them, the, the the scriptures they can be they can be distorted. There's no getting around that, especially through two or three or four different translations. Yes. But if you go back to the original language and read from that, it makes an enormous difference. And one of the things people ask me, well, what has this got to do with Jesus? And and John the Baptist, what has it got to do with that? And it's got everything to do with that. And you begin to, reading through the Dead Sea Scrolls, you begin to realize how incredibly Jewish the, the teachings were. And let me give you an example. How are they connected? Well, there's there, on the Dead Sea Scrolls, it, it claims that there will be two messiahs that would come. And, well, now wait a minute, that's only one Messiah. Well, that's true. However, every king was an anointed one, a Messiah. Every prophet was an anointed one, a Messiah. But there is only one Messiah. You understand what I'm saying? And John the Baptist worked with him, and guess what? They talk about a, a, a Messiah of Israel and a Messiah of Aaron, meaning a priestly Messiah and a kingly Messiah and yeshua the the date in the Dead Sea Scrolls that they give for his birth, oh my gosh, it's exact again, you got to use scriptural references and, and the date of John the Baptist when he would come it's exact so, so there's there's a everything that is about the Dead Sea Scrolls is linked to Yeshua Jesus
1: so are you saying that some of the scriptures implied that John the Baptist? was a messiah type character is that what you're saying or are you Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He was a messiah messiah as far as an anointed one. And that's what people kind of get wrapped around the axle. It simply means an anointed one, a person who is anointed. When uh Yeshua, uh the the messiah that is proclaimed by God, that's the messiah. Yes. Now, and you see that even John the Baptist whenever he was baptizing Yeshua, which in those days, he, he didn't dip them under like we do at the Baptist church or whatever, he, you know, however you do it now, sprinkle them. They would to submerge Full themselves.
1: Umber, immersion, we, yes.
2: Yeah, and when he came up out of the water, what happened? Yes. What happened was the, the, the what looked like a dove, a tongues of fire came down and rested on his head or above him, and we what day was that, Kez? What biblical holiday was that?
1: Are we talking about um, Easter? No, oh, you're talking about Pentecost.
2: Exactly. Okay,
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> you threw me a loop here. I didn't know I had to a- answer biblical questions. The day of Pentecost, which go, we yeah. just experienced recently.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. And let me give you a quick rundown. Uh, there, If you read the scripture about Pentecost, and again, we're sticking with the Dead Sea Scroll stuff. Uh, if you read the scripture about Pentecost, it says that the people stood at the foot of the mountain. So what it says, it li- says that they literally stood under the mountain. Tachat is the word that was used, and that they were standing under the mountain. And I was teaching in Missouri um, about uh, two weeks ago, and a guy stepped up and he said, well, I've got something more for you. He pulled out one of the uh, uh, targums, and he read it, and it read exactly what I'm telling you. It read exactly that way, and not that they stood at the foot, but they were underneath the mountain. Now, what did that mountain represent, Kaz? Whenever there's a Jewish wedding, whenever oh, they stand, on, they hupa. stand under a hoopah. Thank you. Yes. They, they stood underneath the hoopah. That represented the hoopah, and as a matter of fact. What was happening whenever John the Baptist was saying, uh, behold the the Lamb of God, he was telling him, look, this is the one that's going to take your pla- uh, our, our place and be the Lamb of God, and he, in John 1, 1, it explains it. It said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yes. You see that? Now you've got an explanation in there as to what his role was going to be, and he showed up on the day that Israel, the, the entire nation of Israel and the 70 nations that were with them, they received the word of God. And in, on Pentecost, at, at the temple, they received, or not at the temple, actually they were just uh, a few miles from Qumran and the Jordan River, they received the word of God made flesh you see what's happening here and wow. these are probably from the dead sea scrolls this is not you know from uh uh what was it two uh 326 a.d no. this is not christian stuff poured into it this is from the dead sea scrolls and from uh ancient writings so that's the and that goes right back to the reference uh, manuals i'm telling you about all of the Qumran had a massive number of reference points and reference books that they used just like we do today when we're studying we go to reference books to make sure that what we're saying is accurate or as accurate as we can get it
1: yes so would it be true to say as as you explore and excavate the caves of Qumran you'll find detailed rules and practices recorded in the scrolls there also you know the prophetic books maybe some other Uh, prophetic books that will be discovered and uncovered there but also you'll probably find you know I'm a I'm a a student of scripture and the months and the years and the signs and the seasons you'll probably also find some calendars uh, and uh, directions to for the priests and things like that is that accurate
2: Oh, gosh, yes. Can we talk uh, about
1: that in the next segment? Give a little brief 60-second tease, and we'll come back in the next segment and discover some of these other things that are hiding in the Qumran caves.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you. It's a, we we can get into uh, what is—we've talked about it before, but it's it's very important. It's the Melchizedek order. <laughs> the restoration and the, and the reviving of the Melchizedek order, which works hand-in-hand with the Levitical order. So that's what what we can look for in the next segment, and and we'll touch on some of that and how we come to those conclusions.
1: Yes. You know, a lot of people—you know, I did a teaching a while back, and it received um, uh, many, 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 many more views than any of my other teachings, and it was dealing with Melchizedek and the Melchizedek priesthood. That's a subject that many people are very, very, very interested in, and it's— thrilling to hear that uh, we're going to be dealing with that in our next segment when we uncover and discover some of the hidden things, of the many hidden things in the Qumran caves and many of the calendars and priestly orders and uh, insights about uh, remarkable leaders of leaders plus when we dig into these things when Jim Barfield and I come right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Cape More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on Cape
1: Welcome back, my friends. Come Together San Diego, a remarkable show and a remarkable co-host. Jim Barfield, director of the Copper Scroll Project. And I'll tell you, you can find out more about him by going to copperscrollproject.com. And when you realize some of the things because of his investigative skills he has discovered and because of his biblical knowledge, uh, it's absolutely amazing. And we're talking about things that have been buried away in the caves, that uh, have been hidden away. And, you know, the Bible talks about for a time such as this, I have a suspicion that the time such as this as is now, when we have so many people misapplying scripture, we have many people in America misapplying not only scripture but the Constitution, I think it's the time for the truth of the actual literal words is at hand. And uh, Jim Barfield is the man who has been doing uh, his using his investigative skills to decipher the Copper Scroll Project. And some of the things that he has discovered there, and Jim when you <laughs> when you when you started talking about the Melchizedek priesthood, my eyes went Ung! that is so remarkable, and some of the things that are hidden in the the Qumran caves uh deal with a priestly order that we need to revisit, and also calendars and schedules and things like that. You know, I was thinking about this the the priesthood that is used that is referred to in scripture oftentimes is the Levitical priesthood. But there was a priestly order before that time. And uh, well, well, what about that? And which one precedes the other one? And which is, you know, the the priority priesthood? And, and that would have to be a priesthood before the, Le- the Levitical priesthood. And that was a guy named Melchizedek. So I'm going to hand the baton to you. <laughs> this blows my mind. Jim Barfield.
2: Hey, I think the Melchizedek order is, it is crucial for everyone to begin learning that and understanding it. Uh, it, what what a lot of people don't understand, and I hope this doesn't conflict with anything you've taught, Cass, is this? <laughs>
1: it might. So a, I have to change often. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is, is this the Melchizedek Order was an order. It was a group of people. It was it was a an, an everlasting priesthood, as a matter of fact. And you read about it. In the Psalms, you read it about the, the Melchizedek at the time that paid tithes, or Abraham <laughs> paid tithes to him. Yeah, you know who that guy was that Abraham paid tithes to? Was it, I can give you the name of the Melchizedek at that time. You know um,
1: uh, I'm not sure where you're going with this. Uh, I may have taught something a little different, but I'm certainly excited to hear your insights on this because a persons understanding. Uh, needs to be adjusted periodically, as does mine, and my listening friend, perhaps you as well. So tell me, tell us
2: who who it was was a guy by the name of Shim. Because here's what people have not recognized is the firstborns, the firstborns of every family, every firstborn from the that exited the world. They were supposed to have been. Part of the Melchizedek order, they were supposed to be sons of God. Were you, were you aware of that?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes, and no. You know, I, I that the words make sense, and I guess I could extrapolate from that. Yes.
2: Yeah. Here's here's the thing. Uh, the the in in the scripture it talks about you know the the sons of God who were who were born into now here's the way it worked at Qumran. At Qumran, the father of the community was, for example, at the time of Jeremiah, whenever he was during the Babylonian activity, that was Jeremiah. He was the father of that community. Uh, And he was to uh, help raise the men up in the way that they should go so they would not depart from it. And they became adopted. Uh, Many, many, many young men uh, were adopted into the community as firstborns. And matter of fact, the story about Yeshua being left behind during the feast days and mom and daddy went back looking for him, couldn't find him, but they found him doing t- what? He was teaching,
3: teaching in the temple.
2: And, yeah. Yeah, preaching and answer or excuse me, asking questions too in the temple. Yes. And he said, Why did you why were you concerned about what I was doing? Didn't you know I I'm should to be about my father's business? Well he wasn't building cabinets it wasn't carpentry he was he was studying and he was preparing to rightly divide the the word of god and that was the role of the uh uh the, the Messiah of Israel in the Dead Sea scrolls it says that his job was to clarify uh some uh, inaccuracies within what they were teaching not the torah not the the the, the scripture He would try to get them back to the proper scriptural references and understanding. That was the role of the Messiah of Israel. And what did Yeshua do over and over and over again? He said, you've heard it said, but I tell you this. I've heard it said, but I tell you this. And Christians think that he was making everything easier. Not necessarily. Because he said, even if you look at a woman and you lust after her, you have committed adultery. Adultery in your heart, yes. So, yeah, so now it's it's much stricter than what it was before, and that went, and he did that continuously throughout scripture and you know what the job of the messiah uh of Aaron, what his job was, his job was to make straight the way of the Lord, just as Isaiah put it out there, make straight the way of the Lord, and that's exactly what he was doing and they, who was who was that person supposed to be uh not mimicking, or he was supposed to be as which prophet? The prophet Isaiah, uh, Elijah. Elijah, yes. Yeah, and what did Yeshua say about John the Baptist?
1: He was, if yeah. you are willing to accept it, this is Elijah, is what he said, which is a cons- con- a bit disconcerting uh, to me and other Bible teachers sometimes to actually do that analogy, but uh, lay it on us, man, I'll tell you. That is,
2: that's what they were doing. They were fulfilling their roles as they were, as they were from Scripture, which and they also the the, the references that are in the Dead Sea Scroll. They were fulfilling it, and you know what? The, the day that they were born is exactly when it was uh, what the date that was uh, prescribed in the Dead Sea Scroll, or date when they whenever Yeshua was crucified exactly as it's described and laid out in the Dead Sea Scrolls, called the Messiah Scroll, or the Melchizedek Scroll, I'm sorry. The Melchizedek Scroll even says the name Yeshua. But it tells that he would be, uh, his life would come to an end, and I'm paraphrasing, at the specific year, and a specific jubilee year, and that's what was happening with Yeshua.
1: So are are you saying that his death, burial, and resurrection was on a jubilee year?
2: Yes, I'm absolutely saying that. What better way, what better time for him to come and set the captives free? Because (laughs) that's what the jubilee year is all about. Yes, yes. Removing debts, setting the captives free. That's what that's all about. Jim! Jim, yes, sir.
1: I'm reminded of a scripture that makes total sense now. In Matthew 27, it says about when Jesus was buried and died, In the resurrection, the graves were opened, and those who were the godly dead went into the Jerusalem, and they uh, communicated with the people there. That is a resurrection. Uh, 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 wow!
2: Yeah, I'm telling you, there's that once you understand scripture from an Old Testament standpoint, first of all, and and you you understand the meanings of the festivals, how how they're related to the the marriage uh, of God to the people of Israel, then you begin to see all kinds of things. I promise you, you will double your knowledge if you study the feasts of God and their relationship to a marriage, a wedding. Yes, yes, yes. Well, it's the same thing with understanding and knowing what the role Yeshua played even from the Dead Sea Scrolls.
1: My, my, my. It tells my. You. It is. And John
2: the Baptist, it tells you what was going on with them. And there was some powerful, powerful things going on at that time. And the reunification of Israel, it's happened. And it's happening.
1: Well, I, it, you say it's, it's, it's happening. I, I want to talk a little bit more about that in the next segment because we're running out of time here but I've got I need to do a little bit of business here before we go into the commercial break and ironically it's a live commercial that I need to read right now my listening friend you know there's there's areas of opportunity for you to find out more about scripture one of them is actually a cruise that's happening uh, on the August 26th through September 4th it's called the Deeper Faith Cruise it's the ability for you to take a cruise and explore the spectacular world of the early Christian church where it began and actually began to grow through the Apostle Paul and his many missionary journeys. Greece, Croatia, Naples, Venice, the island of Malta where Paul was shipwrecked. All these things are part of the cruise and you can find out more about this cruise. It's called the Deeper Faith Mediterranean Cruise with Alistair Begg. And uh, you want to find out more about it, here's a quick phone number and I'll give you the website as well. 1- 855 565 5519 or deeperfaithcruise.com deeperfaithcruise.com so i'm going to give you about a, a minute to give us an overview of the things we're going to cover next i'll tell you what i am amazed and i know this is the timing in my heart of hearts i in my heart of hearts i believe this is the timing for the evil to be exposed because, by the virtue of true documents being uh, being visited and uh and people can't defend against it this is what the scripture says and i think in the america there are going to be similar things happening with different things discovered as well jim give me your 60 second overview and then we will take a break
2: yes sir well uh what i'd like to touch on are just exactly the things you've been bringing forward and again let's continue on with a little bit with the the melchizedek order because it's it, in the book of the Revelation, it tells you that the 144,000, I'm not in that bunch.
1: No, that is I'm not. Would you say so, that's it, a Jewish bunch?
2: No, I didn't say that when I said I'm not in that bunch, the 144,000, because I'm not a virgin. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> so, so guess
0: what?
2: I'm, <laughs> I already am disqualified in there. These are holy young men. That is a restoration, and the Book of the Revelation talks about the hundred forty-four thousand. They're talking about just exactly that—the the Melchizedek order being restored again. And I, I'm, I'm going to pause right there because we don't have much time left, and I know you got some things you got to get done. So <laughs> I'll pause there.
1: Okay, my friends, you got the tease right there—the Melchizedek priesthood, the Melchizedek order, what does that mean for us today? I think we're all going to be a bit amazed, and Jim Barfield is not going to use his own intellect to share it with you. He's going to use the scriptural truths that have been and are being excavated, tied to the Dead Sea Scrolls and the caves at Qumran. We'll talk more about that when Jim Barfield and I come right back.
0: More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on KPraise with Cass Taylor.
1: You know, this has been one of the most popular topics in Bible studies. I can just tell you, you, do a search on this, and there's a lot of different people giving a lot of different insights about Melchizedek and the Melchizedek Order and the Melchizedek Priesthood. And uh, I, I can tell you that it's a captivating topic for me. And Jim Barfield has some insights on this tied to what he sees coming through the uh, Qumran caves and through uh, many of the scrolls that are embedded there. I'm going to hand the baton quickly to you, but, you know, one of my favorite scriptures, Jim, not only in, I think it's the book of Hebrews, talking about the Melchizedek priesthood, but also in Psalms 110, where David says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter in Zion. You are... A priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, and so I'm going. You know, I mean, you know, it's kind of like he's this this topic of Melchizedek shows itself in Old Testament, New Testament, yesterday, today, and even forever. I'm going to hand the baton to you to shed some very important light on this topic, Jim Barfield.
2: And it and it's incredible how many people. Oh, well, let me take that back. It's incredible how little we know about the Melchizedek Order. Yes, but actually, the Melchizedek Order is in our face, and we don't see the forest for the trees. And I don't mean that ugly because I've been there, and <laughs> I know. And it wasn't. It's only because of my, excuse me, my study of the Dead Sea Scrolls, and and my deep study of uh, of a biblical perspective on the on the New Testament. This, the Melchizedek Order is a key aspect of our belief system. Yes, and we we need to get prepared for that. And I think that's why exactly why what's happening. Whether whether I'm right, whether they're right, it, it makes no difference at this point. Uh, it will it will soon. But the the excitement and the desire for people to learn about the Melchizedek Order is huge. That's incredibly important because. What's going on, again, with what's happening in the book of Revelation is telling us of the restoration of the Melchizedek order. Because, for example, is is Jesus the um, priest, priest-king that is to come? Yes. How is he a priest when he's not of the Levitical order? There you go. Yes. How is that? There's only one other way. There's only one other priesthood, and it's the only other priesthood that's mentioned other than the pagan priests. It's the only other priesthood mentioned, and it's the Melchizedek order. And it's the firstborn was John. Was Yeshua was Jesus a firstborn? Yes. Was John the Baptist a firstborn? Yes. I could go down the list. Now it doesn't mean that if you're not a firstborn, you can't be part of this. You can be. Matter of fact. many of the firstborn biblical firstborns were disqualified because of their inappropriate behavior and then the the, the, the either second born stepped up and he became a melchizedek let me give you give you a, a biblical quiz real quick was was um joseph could he have been a melchizedek as a, as a firstborn
1: um now you're setting me up, but I think so.
2: Yes, he could have been. Yes. Why is that? Because oh. his mother, he was the firstborn of his mother. The if the firstborn male of uh, from the womb is to be a Melchizedek, and if that doesn't disqualify the other ones. It's just that they have to. There's a, there is a, a steps that you go through to be part of this Melchizedek order. And Yeshua, John the Baptist. I mean I could just go on and on and on about who the firstborn were. As matter of fact, go to Luke, find the uh the lineage. I think it's in chapter three or four, I can't remember. Yes. And and read the lineage and it it, it begins with Joseph, uh Yeshua's father. Uh it, it begins with him and it goes from, you know, and the son of and the son of and the son of <laughs> and it goes all the way back to Adam. And then it says, "and and Adam was the son of God." Uh-huh. You see that? The sons of God, all the firstborns, through that link. That's why this is so important for people to begin to study and learn and understand, and I, what the, what they at this point what they say and what they what they're learning is it's incredibly important. For them and for all of us to begin with and I've I've got to stop here and tell you something we are under a tornado watch and I'm sitting outside on my on my porch and it's getting pretty windy and lightning may start happening and if you lose me know that that's what's happened I didn't hang up on you
1: okay I understand
2: so anyway the Melchizedek order is crucial for everyone to understand and it's but it's it's a it's a subject that is secret not secret so much as it's oh it's what would you call it Kaz? very hard to get to because it's been hidden from us and the Sea scrolls you think they weren't hidden from us for a reason absolutely they were it's because they knew that this knowledge would get out and i believe that there is a very dark element in this world that's been around from the beginning that is is trying to keep this from us and i'm not saying necessarily which group it is because i don't want to put anybody down on this show uh but there is a dark element that is holding on to the very precious knowledge that we're trying to get out to everyone
1: yes well it's about time for us uh, to take one more f- uh, break before the end of the show, but I'll tell you what this Melchizedek priesthood—the the, really the bottom line—is: you look through the uh, Qumran caves and through the different uh, uh, documents that are there. Some of the documents are actually calendars and uh, priestly orders, and um, there are detailed rules and practices recorded there. Uh, and the truth of the matter is. if they're hidden and uh, people don't want you to know the truth of what it is, they can give you nuances of the truth and they can say, and this is the truth. And if you don't have anything to back up that they're not telling you the truth, then you have to go, okay. And I think the church has fallen prey to that. We uh, in in the body of Christ have uh, fallen prey to that. And, And in another sense, we in America have fallen prey to that as far as our own, uh, words of truth in the constitution as well. We're going to talk more about these things in the final segment, but my listening friend, uh, uh, Jim Barfield and I are going to tie all these loose strings together. He said with a smile, maybe not tie them together, but at least give you uh consolation to know that the truth is there. And, uh, God is un uncovering covering it, uh, at record pace in many, many ways. And, uh, this is the time for these truths to be uncovered and discovered. Jim Barfield and I will close the show in the last segment to talk about this when we come right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise.
1: Here's Kaz Taylor. Welcome back to the last segment of Come Together San Diego with my co-host Jim Barfield of the Copper Scroll Project. And Jim, I know that you are in an area where there's very dangerous storms going on and uh, hails, uh, storm, and uh, tornadoes and things like that. So if I lose you, I understand. But I, 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 in fact, I may have already lost you. Are you there? <laughs>
2: No, I'm still here. I'm I've moved inside. Okay, and I've, I've, we have had a terrible time with our connections. Uh, and I kind of told you off air about that uh, earlier today. Yes, but I've got I've got a decent signal now, and I think it'll last us through throughout the rest of the hour.
1: Okay, very good. Before we go, uh, before I ha- hand the baton back to you, my listening friends, you and I are going to pray for uh, Jim and Lori. Uh, Barfield, and all the the people in this Oklahoma and Texas area that has been stricken by foul weather and tornadoes and hailstorms and things like that right now, and all the different maladies that are going on in other parts of the nation, we just intercede right now and join with me, my listening friend, for safety and empowerment and uh, um, that the insurance uh, issues are taken care of swiftly and... um, this becomes a stepping stone instead of a crushing blow to all these people in your holy name. Thank you, Father. And me, you get the glory for what you are going to do in the midst of this conflict in your holy name. Okay, Jim, we've got uh, maybe eight or ten minutes left in this show. How do you want to tie these things together? My friends, you, uh, you, know, you need to really find out more about Jim Barfield. And let me invite you to go to his website, you can go to CopperScrollProject dot com and find out more. Jim, handing it to you, uh, bring this thing to a boil.
2: <laughs> we're we're at the boiling point yes. in in his biblical history. We are at a boiling point. Um, we we have the potential of entering into a, a millennial kingdom uh, very soon. It can and we're either going to have an incredibly difficult time or we're going to go into an incredibly wonderful time. Uh we've got such lawlessness yes. within both the political parties, the, the Democrats and the Republicans, it's it's horrid how, how bad it is. And, and and the evil things that are taking place, it's like Satan is being turned loose and exposing himself to the entire world. And everybody that I talk to, Bible study students and, and friends of mine, they, everybody is seeing it. When yes. I spoke in Missouri and, and in Arkansas, they are all seeing it. The, the difference between night and day, black and white, it's here. The good and evil, it is here. And everybody's beginning to see it. And let me ask you, uh, and, and this is a rhetorical question, As it, it, the United States is a Christian nation. Why is it that our government and our people are turning against God in droves? Uh, we're probably the strongest nation as far as uh, as following God, but th- that's what I I'd love for people to understand is the, the, the Torah, the law, uh, is not an ugly thing. It is not a... a, a uh, slavery type thing at all it is freedom our country has the most laws in the world and we had had the most freedoms but what's happening we're losing all that and if we don't get back to what god has prescribed for us and how he prescribed it we're in deep trouble and if you think the 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 first five books of of the bible are are Evil, or and if some people do, yeah.
1: Or they crazy. may even say just not necessary for today.
2: but look at Psalm one nineteen and read that. Then, and I can show you lots more, but we don't have time for that right now. But it's God's word is precious. It is life itself. It's everything that we need to to keep our lives in order. That's the whole purpose for laws, is to keep our lives in order and in all of us to work together in one direction. And holding on to that, I I don't I don't want to be mean to people that don't believe the way I do. I have no desire to do that. If they if their sexual preferences, that's their business. Leave it, leave me out of it. I don't want to know about it. It's an abomination to God. But I want to serve God and not men, and their ways. I don't care about what they do. I do, but. Unless they come to the realization about what, what God's purpose is and what his intentions are for us, I can't touch them. I yeah. can't get to close to them. They have to be willing to hear uh, what we have to say and to help them and be kind to them. Be kind to them, even when they're being difficult. Be kind. Because that's, that's what Yeshua would have done. That's what Jeremiah would have done. Uh, unless you start messing with the temple, then Yeshua got out a, a whip and said, okay, money changers, I got something for you, boys. <laughs> yeah. He explained it to them real clear. But it's the desire to keep learning and, and never think you've got it all. Never think that you understand it all, because I certainly don't. But I love it. It's like a fire down in my bones that I just I can't stop. And I don't want to stop because it's so... It's so uplifting. There are dangers to what I'm doing. I know that, and and I thank you so much for the prayers that you've been you've been asking up for me and Kaz because that is what's crazy. I think you I think you know our our group does not ask for money. Right. We just we want the prayers and Kaz it's worked so incredibly well. Trust God. Love God with all your heart, soul, and your mind. And your neighbor is yourself, that's the greatest of the commandments. That's how simple it is. If you can do that, you can do all the law. All the laws hang on that. Meaning, if you if you do that, God loves you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's there's way more to that simple statement than meets the eye. And then you like we said, we don't have time to go into that depth to that depth today. But, Kaz, our nation is in is, is in a desperate place, yes. and we've got to hang on, and we've got to know and keep our faith. For those that you that do believe in God out there, keep the faith. Know that it's going to be okay, because you've read the end of the book. You know what happens and what's coming. But we've got to be lawful people abiding by God's commandments and his, and his strengths for us. Because that's where we're at in history, is we've entered into a time of lawlessness.
1: That's right. You know, you talk about law and lawlessness, and you talk about Psalm 119. I'm going to read the first three verses of Psalm 119. And here, let me give you the overview, my listening friend. We're in a place we've never been before, okay? The Scripture has foretold this, and you'll find many of the writings that have been found and are being found in the Qumran caves that will— talk about this as well, but let me just read to you the first three verses of Psalm 119. And as a believer, God is going to give you some power and some ability, but also going to give you a ministry of um, reconciliation to other people. And sometimes it may not be with words, but maybe with life and lifestyle and your graciousness. But here, let me give you these three different verses here on Psalm 119. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with a whole heart. They also do no iniquity and walk in his ways. My listening friend, purpose in your heart that you're going to be among those people and God will endue you with an understanding and power like you won't believe. And then other people are going to look at you and say, what do you know that I don't know? And there's your open door. Jim, you've got about a minute, a minute and a half, uh, and then we have to close the show. Jim Barfield. By the way, my friends, Jim Barfield, CopperSquirrelProject dot com. Jim.
3: Yeah,
2: guys, remember this. I can't. I can't post everything that I know. I can't tell everything that that's happening with the project because a, a certain amount of secrecy, because of the value, monetary value that's involved, but also the spiritual aspect of it. Uh, if in fact I truly am correct uh what i'm going to be releasing is god's word in a in a big way and in a, a, a supplement to god's word certainly uh so know that i'm not trying to be secretive because i just have to be to some degree yes and and i want everybody to remember guys i'm not an archaeologist i'm not I'm, i don't claim that because i don't have the qualifications for that but I am a biblical student that has taken it to the extreme. And I love (laughs) what's happening. I love what's coming and I see things that are coming. And I don't mean that from a eerie spooky aspect. I'm just saying, because of what I've learned, I see things that are coming that are either going to be really, really good or really, really difficult. And Kaz, I love it that you, you invite me onto your show and and I, I hope you're, listening audience uh, understands and enjoys what I'm trying to get across to everyone.
1: Yes, indeed. There's no question about it. And we are at a pivotal time. We are at a pivotal time right now. And Jim just referred to that. But a lot of it has to do with that intimate horizontal relationship with others, but also even more greatly that vertical relationship with the Lord as well. And know that his word is true and don't take other people's extrapolations from his word and say, okay, well, I guess I'll believe that. That's convenient now. Let him entrust you with his word. You know, the Bible talks about uh, uh, to study yourself approved unto God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This is yours and my obligation to rightly divide the word of truth. Jim Barfield, thank you for inspiring us to do so. And uh, we'll be checking in with you periodically. But my friend, once again, a little bit of information about uh, Jim CopperScrollProject.com. Jim Barfield, Lori, God bless you guys. And uh, my listening friend, more good stuff coming next week on Come Together San Diego. Jim Barfield, God bless you. See ya, Andy. my friend. See you all.
0: Thanks for joining cast Tater and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all Come Together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K Praise.